Presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Welcome in to Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yow alongside Mo Patton coming to you on this Friday edition of Main Street Sports Today. Mo, what's going on? Uh, man, I'm tired. I can understand this that. This is not it, – it's not good considering we got Friday night football tonight. But um, we, we do, in fact, and you've got I – mean, it's going to be a long night. It is going to be a long night. Yeah, I was um, – I was talking about the long Friday nights last night when I got to um, speak to a class at Belmont last night. Uh, Mike Elson, the longtime athletics director at CPA, is now teaching a class, Sports and Americana. And one of the students is one Landon Seacrest, who invited me to come and speak. And so I went down and talked to them, but we talked about some of the ins and outs of what we do as, as journalists and what we do here at Main Street Murray in particular and, and the, the long Friday nights. So, yeah. Um, but it's the final week of the regular season for high school football. Isn't that crazy? It really is. I mean, in some, in some ways it feels like it's flown by. In some ways it feels like it's crept by. But, you know, it's – it's going to be a tough night for a lot of teams, and for a lot of teams, it's the beginning of something special. So we'll see how it goes. We will, in fact, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we've got we've got a long night ahead, but maybe you covered Friday Night Live. We'll have you covered, of course, and we'll have you all throughout the entirety of uh, Main Street media platforms and Main Street Murray, where you can find our coverage, mine from Richland, yours, Mo, from uh, LNS, Lindsey Nelson Stadium. Well, there's, yeah, the the football version (laughs) of Lindsey Nelson Stadium. So plenty to get to today on this show as well. John Clay will join us from the Lexington Herald later to talk a little cats and balls. I was looking at your title card. When it was up earlier, does John Clay not bear a resemblance to the late John Clayton? Very much. I, and I think I said that, or I thought it at least the last time we had him on, I was like, that, did I get the right picture? <laughs> because, you know, you certainly, I mean, if you're John Clay, you yeah. could certainly see that coming up on mm-hmm. on Google instead yeah, of. Especially the way it just auto-complete yeah, sometimes. sometimes. Yeah. So I was like, is that the right guy? And then I cert- sure enough, it was. We'll uh, have to ask him about that. So John will join us. We'll talk SEC football weekend. We will talk um, a little bit about the World Series, a little bit about the Titans, and we'll give you our college football picks. Well, 
I mean, I'm I have a rooting interest in this. I World have Series, a rooting interest so as well. I'm kind of actually excited about it. Um, I hate that it doesn't involve the Braves, but if it wasn't going to involve the Braves, mm, at exactly. least I have a reason to watch. If it were the Yankees and Phillies, I wouldn't give a crap. But I do. So I may not watch, but I'll keep up. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not going to be. I mean, I certainly won't be checking my phone all through the night from the sidelines. Not like you would if it were a Braves game mm. or checking your phone, aka watching the game. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, and what just happened? Yeah. yeah. That was. Uh, hey, did you see who carried that? No. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that in our college football picks. All of that and more coming up here in just a moment. But before we do anything else, Mo, let's get to yesterday's results and this weekend schedule on The Rundown. This is The Rundown. The Friday Rundown is brought to you by Chip Walters of Exit Realty, Bob Lamb & Associates. The voice of the Blue Raiders also wants to be your trusted advisor in real estate. Contact Chip at 615-542-1915 or through his website at choosechip.net. Chip Walters, proud to support youth sports across Middle Tennessee. In high school football action last night, it was Dixon County shut. Oh, does not shut out Antioch. They had him shut out at one point, but it was 34 to 6. <laughs> Sorry. I really, Apologies I, to the Bears. I literally cannot see right now. Um, Fayetteville was 52 to 6 winner over Eagle Bowl. Friendship Christian doubled up Middle Tennessee Christian 28 14. Giles County did shut out Cannon County 42 nothing. And East Robinson with a shutout as well. White Creek. Yeah. In girls' soccer action at the state tournament in Chattanooga, Battleground Academy blanked Boyd Buchanan 5-0. Page with a 5-1 win over Greenville. It was Houston 4, Siegel nothing. Murfreesboro Central defeated East Hamilton 1-0. It was Bearden Downing Station Camp 7-0. And in the Class A semifinals, Kalioka fell 4-0 to defending state champion Merrill Hyde. It was first loss of the year for Kalioka. Congratulations to the Lady Warriors. Great season. They'll be back. Their entire team they, they is lose under, two seniors. underclassmen, it feels yeah. like. So yeah. NHL action last night. The Preds. Finally won in North America. And, and once they scored, they just couldn't stop. 6-2 over St. Louis. The Grizzlies with a 125-110 win over the Sacramento Kings. And on Thursday night football, finally got a good ball game. The Ravens with a 27-22 win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as Tom Brady struggles in multiple arenas. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, in football action tonight in 6.30, Chattanooga Central hosting Liberty Creek. And at 7 o'clock the rest of the way, Father Ryan at Baylor Beach hosting Rossview. Lipscomb Academy is at Battleground Academy. Blackman at home against Siegel. Brentwood taking on Centennial at home. While... MUS will be at Brentwood Academy. Ensworth goes to Briarcrest. Cane Ridge is at home against Maplewood. Cheatham County hosting Stewart County and Clarksville at home against Gallatin. Also, Clarksville Academy hosts Mount Juliet Christian at 7. Kenwood is at Clarksville Northeast. Clarksville Northwest hosts Springfield. Spring Hill travels to Columbia Central. Davidson Academy is at Christ Presbyterian Academy. Franklin County hosts Nolansville. Franklin Road Academy hosts Good Pasture. Columbia Academy goes up to Franklin to take on Grace Christian. Mount Juliet is at Green Hill. Wilson Central is at Hillsboro, and Independence hosts Ravenwood. 
Republic goes to Jackson Central Mary at 7. At Smyrna will be at John Overton. Laverne hosting McGavick while Lawrence County is at home against Creekwood. Warren County goes to Lebanon while Greenbrier goes to Marshall County. It's Knoxville Catholic at Montgomery Bell. Pope Prep will be at Macaulay. I guess that's a 6 o'clock kick. I would assume so. Yeah, that's my bad. I didn't even realize. I, I guess when I just did this, I didn't realize <laughs> what I was reading. Pearl Cone at Montgomery Central. Forest is at Mount Pleasant. Nashville Christian hosting Donaldson Christian, while Oakland hosting Rockville. And Lincoln County goes up Arno Road to Page. Portland hosts Henry County. Loretta travels to Richland. Stewart's Creek is at Riverdale. East Nashville goes to Smith County. Station Camp takes on visiting Hunter's Lane. Stratford takes on Jackson County. That's at Stratford. Cascade goes to Summertown. Franklin is at Summit. Joe Burns is at Sycamore. Tullahoma hosts Glencliff. Trousdale County travels to Watertown. Fairview goes to Waverly for the Region 6-3A championship. Hendersonville is at West Creek. Harpeth is at Westmoreland. And White House Heritage hosts White House. Girls soccer action tonight. Uh, University School Jackson takes on Battleground Academy at 6.30. Tomorrow in Class AA State Championship at 11. Uh, I'm sorry, I think that's at 10 a.m. actually. Uh, it's mm-hmm. Paige in Murfreesboro Central Magnet. And at 2 p.m. No. It is at 3, so these are right. I, no, I must no. Have, it's Paige, Murfreesboro Central is at 10. Gotcha. Merrill Hyde, Cumberland Gap for the Class A Championship is at three. Is at three gotcha. Because I changed one of them, but not the other one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> in NHL action tomorrow, the Capitals are down here in Nashville to take on the Predators. It's a 7 p.m. puck drop on Valley Sports South. And in NBA action, the Grizzlies travel out west to Utah to take on the Jazz. It's an 8 p.m. tip also on Bally Sports South or Bally Sports Southeast, however that works. Check your local listings. In college football action tomorrow at 1.30 p.m. on YouTube, Cumberland is at Faulkner. 2 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. Tennessee State is at Murray State in Ohio Valley Conference action. At 3 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus, um, in what? 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 What conference is that? A-Sun. Thank you. In the A-Sun, Jacksonville State plays at Austin P. But technically, JSU is not in A-Sun play because they have too many scholarship players. So, therefore, they really have nothing to play for this year. They're just bragging rights. Oh, wow. That's yeah, weird. Okay. So, anyway, continue. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. In Southeastern Conference action tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, number 19, Kentucky, is at number 3, Tennessee. That game is on ESPN. On ESPN Plus at 8 o'clock, Middle Tennessee State travels to Texas El Paso. That's at 8 o'clock again. That's on ESPN Plus. Pretty sure I said that. So on, on Sunday, 305 kick. The Tennessee Titans are at the Houston Texans. That game can be seen on CBS. And that is your rundown. Well, you mentioned it. Tom Brady, two two things he's dealing with that I don't think he's ever dealt with before. One, he and his wife have finalized their divorce. Uh, and two, he is now multiple games under 500 for the first time in his career. Multiple games under five. So he's never been more than one game under 500 at any point in his career as a starting quarterback. That's correct. 
And you know, he's got to be sitting there thinking, I came back for this. I, I came back for this. I lost my family for this. I mean, think about all the things that he chose to put on the back burner for this. So here's a question. With Tom Brady and the Buccaneers struggling the way they are, with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers struggling the way they are, and the, the, the word last summer was that A-Rod was putting off his retirement because he did not want to retire the same year as Tom Brady because he didn't want to go into the Hall of Fame the same year as Tom Brady. So who blinks first? It's got to be Brady. Look, I, both neither of them have very much help right now. I'm just going to be honest. Brady has a little more, but Brady has a little more. I mean, Brady's got Brady's got Mike Evans, right? He's got Mike Evans and uh, who who is who is Aaron Rodgers? And far be it from me to be an A Rod apologist, but who is Aaron Rodgers? Is Mike Evans? Who is Aaron? Can you name? And, and the only reason I'm asking you is because you actually have a Packers fan in your house, and you probably watch <laughs> Packers games. But who are their receivers? Randall Cobb is one of them. Okay. Yep. If that's your best. He's hurt right now, I believe. Okay. We'll see. I, I don't know a single wide receiver on the Green Bay Packers team. Could not tell you. Devontae Adams ain't walking through He's, that door. And he, yep, nope. Yeah. Yep. I, Their best wide receiver might be a tight end. Whom, whomever that may be. Yeah. yeah. I, I legitimately do not know a single – wide receiver on that team and so therefore you know and not only does uh not only does brady have mike evans but he's got uh godwin too chris godwin so which makes it even worse that's what i'm saying he's got to go <laughs> but if you're the if you're the bucks what else you what's your backup plan there isn't one there is no plan b in Tampa Bay. At, at, and at least Green Bay does have Jordan Love. They do. So I, they have if, a direction. They have a parachute. Well, you think, but we've not seen Jordan Love. No. You know, we we all thought, you know, when, well, when, when Favre retires, they've got Aaron Rodgers. But Aaron Rodgers was a question mark then, too. Now, he turned out okay. <laughs> but... <laughs> but this is yeah. I think they've been week. pleased with the way that's gone. I mean, this is a little crazy to think about. Who blinks first? It's got to be Brady because yeah, Rogers also younger than Brady can say everybody's younger than Brady. Well, yes, but uh, you know he he can also say, well, you know, get me some some help and maybe. But here's the thing: nobody wants to play with Aaron Rodgers, and apparently nobody wants to play with Tom Brady. That's what I was gonna ask so i think they both need to just figure it out or rogers may need to pull up brett Favre and find somewhere else to play and let's hope that's where Who the comparisons him? stop yeah <laughs> <laughs> between rogers and brett Favre. yeah yeah let's hope let's hope um earlier this week you know i guess coming out of the bucks loss this past weekend there was some some backlash, I guess, regarding 
you know, that time off that he took this summer. And his Wednesday vacation every week. I wonder if he and, took a vacation. And you week. know, when 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 this initially happened, it was well, it's Tom Brady. You make concessions for him. Yeah, that's all well and good when you're six and two. Yeah. When you're three and five, not so much. That doesn't fly. And inevitably it's going to impact your locker room. And it sounds like it has. Yes, it does. It's <laughs> it also in, it also impacted his bedroom. So which is now empty. It's I, I just I don't know how you do this. How do you screw up everything? Everything. 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 Yeah. <laughs> wow. Anyway, all in all in the span of about eight months. Good job, Tom. Less than that. I mean, when did he come back? I don't. I, but when did he retire? That was when I was. I was oh thinking. yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Anyway, we need to take a break because John Clay uh, awaits. So the Lexington Herald leader columnist, is it columnist or beat writer? Beat writer for, okay, Kentucky will join us here. Well, we can clarify um, with him because he probably yeah. writes some columns <laughs> as well. But yeah, we'll, we'll be right back right here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731. 5731 and schedule your tour today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student athletes in your community? Obviously, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries, and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back again to Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao and Mo Patton coming to you here on this Friday edition as we get you set for college football. 
all weekend, Titans, World Series, all that, and much, much more. But as we have done most of this year uh, to this point, obviously, we missed you guys last Friday. I was dealing with family issue that kind of threw a wrench into everything. But um, we've been talking to someone from the general vicinity of <laughs> of Tennessee's opponent each week. And so this week we were going to Lexington with Lexington Herald leaders, John Clay. John, welcome in. How are you? I'm good, guys. How are you all doing? We're doing well, John. So a couple of house cleaning questions. You probably heard <laughs> us um, trying to figure out exactly what your tasks are at the Herald leader. And I know a lot of times, a lot of guys wear a lot of hats but you refer to yourself as the Kentucky beat writer, as a columnist, as yes. What, what, just what is it that you do? Uh, well, my official title, I'm sports columnist, uh, Mark Story and I are both sports columnists, but we obviously, you know, both handle a lot of, uh, which you uh, might be considered like beat uh, material for both football and basketball. John Hale, who does a tremendous job as our, uh, is our beat writer uh, for UK football at the Herald leader at Kentucky.com. Okay. Now, as you were going through that, another question popped up. Who now is Jerry Tipton? I know the answer is nobody, but who who is who's covering Kentucky basketball for you guys now? Well, there'll never be another Jerry Tipton, as you well know, Mo. Uh, but uh, Ben Roberts is now covering uh, Kentucky basketball for the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Ben did a tremendous job covering uh, basketball recruiting, specifically UK basketball recruiting, and now he's moved over into the beat writer's role, filling some very big uh, shoes uh, the, from Jerry Tipton, the longtime UK uh, basketball beat writer who retired after this past season. And then uh, Cameron Drummond, uh, young reporter, is uh, now doing uh, recruiting, UK basketball recruiting for Kentucky.com. You can tell when basketball is big time when they have a beat writer for basketball and they have a beat writer for basketball recruiting. <laughs> yes, that's I mean, true. Same thing with football. So, I, yeah, yeah. Right. That, yeah. That's crazy. John. How many times have you heard that you bear a striking resemblance to the late ESPN.com NFL contributor, John Clayton? <laughs> well, I certainly hear that as far as our names are concerned. Uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know that I was uh, a heavy metal guy like uh, John was in that great commercial that he did for ESPN. Uh, but uh, yeah, especially with the net, people sometimes are used to, they get the names confused with John Clay and, and, uh, and, and the late John Clayton, as you mentioned. Yeah. Well, the, the, the picture that we have up of you on our um, title card here at first glance, it certainly <laughs> makes you do a double take. Um, John, what's the mood in Lexington as the cats get ready to come down I 75 this weekend? Well, I mean, all they've talked about is uh, what a great challenge this is and what a great opportunity to be playing the number three ranked team in the country. Uh, I think most they feel like probably most people are not giving them uh, too much of a chance in this game. They were 12 and a half point underdogs the last time I looked. Uh, I mean, Tennessee's been rolling through everybody, obviously coming off that epic win over Alabama. But they say they look forward to the opportunity, especially on the defensive side. Brad White, the defensive quarter. Kentucky's played well defensively this year. They're ninth in the nation in scoring defense. They're 14th in the nation in 
uh, total defense. Brad White, the defensive coordinator, when we talked to him on Wednesday, he said, you know, obviously this is a huge challenge, especially the way Tennessee plays with that up-tempo offense. They put 45 points on Kentucky last year in a 45-42 game in Lexington. Brad said, I can't predict how we're going to play. I can't tell you for sure what's going to happen in the game, but I do know our guys are not going to be afraid. We're going into the game with that kind of attitude, so we'll see what happens. It's interesting. Earlier today, I was perusing Twitter, and Matt Hayes, I'm sure you're familiar with Matt, John, yeah. writes for Saturday Down South, spent a lot of time at the Florida Times Union down in Jacksonville, but he's got a piece um, on Saturday Down South basically saying that, well, like everything on this magical big orange ride, every big moment has been protected from ensuing disaster and talking about the way Tennessee's schedule has fallen, coming off their pit win in week two, they call Akron coming off of Florida. They had a bye week before the following up Alabama with their game against UT Martin this week. It, it's like there's been a cushion between each of their so-called big games that's really kind of kept them from being caught maybe in trap game situations and that kind of thing. And I mean, whether that's true or not, I mean, you still have to take advantage of it. Um, it. I would think that Tennessee's done a pretty good job with that. But like you said, another big challenge provided for them at home against Kentucky this weekend. Yeah, I mean, and you, you wonder, and obviously Tennessee has a huge game next week against Georgia down in Athens. Depending on what happens on Saturday night, that's probably the game that's going to decide who goes to Atlanta uh, as the SEC East champion. I think there are probably some Kentucky backers are hoping that Tennessee's peeking a little bit ahead to that game. Uh, you know, we'll see how that plays out. Kentucky, you know, they lost to South Carolina when they didn't have Will Levis as their quarterback. He was injured. They bounced back the next week and beat Mississippi State. Then last week, they're coming off an off week, which I think really benefited and helped Kentucky quite a bit. For one thing, Will Levis injured his shoulder against uh, Mississippi State. He had to go out for a series and then came back in after that and played. So his arm was in a sling, I think, for most of last week. When we talked to him on Tuesday, he said he's ready to go. Uh, he feels much better now after the off week. They had some other guys, some bumps and bruises and various injuries. Jeremy Flax, their starting right tackle, missed the South Carolina game, played only briefly against Mississippi State. They think he'll be back. Tavion Robinson, uh, their most consistent wide receiver, uh, missed the Mississippi State game. They're hoping he'll be back on Saturday. Uh, the one guy who's missing, and it's a big loss, is Jacquez Jones, who was their leading tackler, linebacker. He's missed. He got injured in the Ole Miss game. He's missed the last two games. He will not be available on Saturday, and they're not sure. They think he will be back this year, but not. they're not sure when that will happen. And uh, that they've had some reserves play pretty well in that in that spot, but they don't have the same kind of experience that uh, Jacquez Jones has. John Clay, columnist with the Lexington Herald Leader here with us on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. John, you know, much is made of this Tennessee offense and much is made of the Tennessee secondary. Um, Kentucky's offensive line has been suspect at times, and the front seven for Tennessee seems to be their obvious strength on defense. How much of a factor does that play into, uh, you know, not wanting to get into a shootout with this Tennessee offense? Yeah, I mean, I think you're exactly right. That's kind of the conundrum for Kentucky in this game. I mean, they feel like that they want to control the ball, keep the Tennessee offense on the sidelines as much as possible. 
Chris Rodriguez, who had been suspended for the first score, first four games, is now back. He's kind of rolling. He had 195 yards on the ground against Mississippi State. I mean, that's their strength. Oh, as you mentioned, the offensive line has been suspect. They feel like they played their best game against Mississippi State. Uh, but as you mentioned, Tennessee's pretty been pretty stout against the run so far. Uh, teams have had success passing on them, but I, you wonder how much of that has been because they've gotten behind and they had to throw the ball, so they kind of piled up yards in that respect. So it, it, for Rich Gangarello, Kentucky's offensive coordinator, first-year offensive coordinator, came from the San Francisco 49ers. He wants to run a balanced offense. It'll be interesting to see how he approaches that from that level. Do you pound the rock, try to run the ball? Uh, to kind of eat up the clock, keep Tennessee on the sidelines? Or do you say, okay, it's obvious that Tennessee's weaknesses are secondary. We're going to have to throw the ball. We've got some good receivers. We've got an NFL-type quarterback in Will Levis. Is that the route we take? I'm interested to see which way, which, which direction they go. As you talk about this um, UT secondary, Chris and John, looks like they're going to get some um, reinforcements this weekend. It seems that Jayla McCullough has been cleared to return after missing what? Two games? Two games. Three, two games. Um, and again, for a secondary that has struggled at times, that's going to be welcome news, you would think. Yeah, I would yeah, think no. so, obviously, for obviously for Tennessee. Uh, they can't do anything, anything but help. Uh, uh, and Kentucky, on the flip side, Kentucky's secondary was a question coming into the season, but they played well. But if you go back to last year's game, Tennessee scored on a 75-yard touchdown on the very first snap of the game. They scored a 72-yard touchdown pass on, the, on their second possession of the game. So uh, I think the secondary on both sides is going to be a big story on Saturday night. And the receivers on both sides, and you mentioned Robinson, but there's a local kid to us, Barry and <laughs> Brown, who has really been electric for you guys as well. Absolutely. He's had a tremendous freshman season, uh, both in the kicking game. He's got a 100-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. He had an 85-yard uh, kickoff return. Uh, he had a 54-yard kickoff return against Ole Miss, where he probably would have scored if he hadn't been tripped from behind by one of his own teammates. Uh, and he's been very dynamic. <laughs> He's been very dynamic in the passing game as well. Uh, you know, we mentioned earlier about beat writers. John Hale did a story on Barion earlier in the week uh, where Barion said, you know, the Tennessee fans don't like me because I turned down Tennessee to come to Kentucky. And I heard from a lot of those fans after I committed to Kentucky. And I'm sure he'll hear a lot from those fans on Saturday night at Nayland Stadium. But uh, yeah, he's had a tr he's had a tremendous year. Another freshman receiver that Kentucky has a local kid, Dane Key, has played as well, played uh, very well as well. Um, so I mean, like you, like we talked earlier, I mean, Will Levis, you know, he, I saw the other day, Pro Football Focus has him as their number three overall pick in the NFL draft. I don't know if he'll go that high or not, but you've got and you've got three speedy receivers. They've got some weapons on offense to have a good passing game. They haven't quite put it all together yet. Maybe Saturday night's that night. Uh, maybe they're going to need it to be that night to have any kind of chance to win at Nayland Stadium. But they do have some weapons for Will Levis to throw to. John, one question before we let you go. Um, it, a lot of chatter down here in the volunteer state uh, about the former trophy <laughs> which these two teams played. It's been found. It has been located, and I'm curious, what does Kentucky have any interest in playing for the beer barrel? 
You know, that's a good, that's a good question. I mean, the beer barrel was discontinued after Kentucky uh, had an incident uh, way back when Hal Mummy was the coach. Uh, after, uh, well, it was before the Tennessee game, and the week before the Tennessee game, uh, a Kentucky player was involved in a drunk driving accident in which two people were killed. Uh, Jason Watts, the UK center at the time. Uh, so given the circumstances behind that, they didn't feel like that it was uh, right proper to play for the beer barrel, so that was kind of discontinued. Uh, I think maybe that's been a quite quite a few years ago. Uh, maybe some attitudes have changed on that in that regard. I know for one thing, Mark Stoops has his own bourbon company. He has his own uh, uh, bourbon uh, in uh, William Tarr bourbon. In How is it? Uh, you know, I have not. I'm not a big bourbon aficionado, so I'm not the right person to ask. But people tell me it's good. I'm sure Mark would tell you it's good. It was funny. We were uh, somebody asked Mark when they were going to Ole Miss about all the Kentucky fans were going down Ole Miss to the Grove. So do you have any recommendations for him? And Mark said, no way. He'd never been to Oxford before. I said, well, I bet you want him to take a certain bourbon with you, with him, don't you? And he said, oh, yes, William Tarr. So, and obviously the bourbon trail is a big deal in Kentucky. Bourbon is you know, wildly popular uh, in Kentucky with all the distilleries here. So I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe it is time to bring that back. Uh, it'd have to be a talk between the two schools. You answer this question for me. Kentucky does not have alcohol sales at Kroger Field. Uh, Mitch Barnard has said, you know, continually that we feel like we have a good atmosphere. We don't need to add alcohol sales. What, what's the situation there at Nayland? Uh, they they sell alcohol in stadiums, so that's what which I thought. It's probably not a great it's idea. Not the best idea. But, yeah. For better they, or worse, huh? Well, right. with, the, with the new with the new renovations, they actually took out some seats and created a bar area under one of really? the uh, the the jumbotron scoreboards so yeah i mean they're they, they're all in they're all in on all the in. alcohol okay. in the stadium so I, I mean who knows but i just thought that was interesting especially uh, one i thought it was weird that it's a beer barrel when you've got tennessee whiskey and kentucky bourbon i don't know why we're playing for beer right. <laughs> but hey right. who am i and what do i know <laughs> maybe so, i'll have to rebrand it and get a couple of sponsors on both sides that's, barrel. that's yeah. the way to do it right there john clay <laughs> of the lexington herald leader thank you for joining us man we appreciate it great insight Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. All right, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, I've got a video I need to show you. Um, we need to talk more at some point about this William Tarr bourbon, though. We we, we probably do. Uh, I've got a video I need to show you, and we're going to get to that on the other side of the break. We'll talk about Hugh Freeze, who just got a brand new deal. Uh, we'll talk about a couple of games in the SEC, but three of the five games in the SEC are in our pick this week. So we'll talk very little about the SEC preview, but we'll get to that and much, much more on Main Street Sports today. Presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Back after this. This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome, Teresa Walker. Former University of Tennessee, former Team USA Olympian, XI Young Award winner, Ari Dickey. Ari, did I miss anything? Man, that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I need to listen to that before I go to bed every night. That was nice. Has five sports Emmys. That's not bad for the other guy in Wham. Ryan McGee. <laughs> 
Other guy Wham married the best looking girl banana rama. So other guy Wham had pretty good life. From preps to pros, we're taking on the sports topics you care about. Tune in across Main Street Media social platforms at 2 p.m. or on demand on your podcast distribution platform of choice. Again, mainstream sports today presented by Mid Tennessee Barn Joint. Did not mean to wear my blue and white checker today. That's funny because <laughs> I had a MTSU blue quarter zip that I was going to wear today, and I thought maybe not. Well, you know? it's just it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You got the navy on. I got the navy. It's just a, it's 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 a it's a navy day. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah, doesn't matter. Everyone, Yours is a little closer. I won't be taking this shirt off though to reveal anything else. So we'll take that. Yeah. All right. So listen, I got to show you this video of a. I have no idea if this is a high school game. It's got to be a high school game. But here's a video of a first down measurement last night in a ball game somewhere. Well, Eastern is losing to somebody, but that because these people, of course, don't know how to hold a phone when they're taking a video. Up and down. So let's take a look here. Can you make that full screen for me, Justin, at this, this video oh, here? All right, here we go. We have a horrible angle. I don't, I don't know if they cuss, so I'm going to keep that on. I'd probably cussed. What? <laughs> no, let's, let's watch it again. All right. So he not only moves the ball, but he moved the stick. I don't even know. What is he doing? Calls first down and nobody like was mad about it. Look at those guys right in front of him. <laughs> They're just like, uh, I don't think that's right. I can see light <laughs> between the ball and the stick. I mean. But here, here's my question to you to follow up on this. So. He moved the stick and the ball. That's so wild. Uh, anyway, sorry. I just that's... Chain gangs need to tighten up, literally. Have you noticed the slack sometimes? Yeah. It's like, pull the chains tight. Come on. It doesn't make any sense. Like, so if you have to do the little, you know, yeah. To kind of whip it and get it tight, you just got to do that. But yeah, sometimes they just they just kind of go down there, stick it, down it wherever. Where, yeah, whatever. And, and that I'm messes up the stats. Like out and that kind of thing. I'm like, that's, that's what not, we're doing. And they don't care. That's what you get when you get dads out of the stands who, you know, that's it's not what they. I don't know. It just feels like to me, whatever it is that you're doing, take a little pride in it. Do it right. But, and yet. I don't disagree with you. I think uh, I think you're probably right. Um, John Bryce Footballscoop.com had a I don't know if it was a breaking news story. I, I don't know who else would have had it outside of a press release, but uh, it appears that Liberty University has. Uh, agreed to a long-term eight-year deal with uh, Hugh Freeze after their seven-and-one start and a two-point try away from being eight-and-oh. Uh, 
five five million per year, eight seasons. Uh, oh, Pete Thamel reported the news first. There you go. <laughs> we managed. We managed. We don't have anyone to point to anymore. The contract is a move by Liberty to lock up Freeze before an anticipated opening at Auburn, among other Power 5 positions already opened or expected to open this <laughs> coaching cycle. He stands to be a natural candidate for the hypothetical opening on the Plains, given his ongoing success at Liberty and his five-year run at Ole Miss, which culminated with a Sugar Bowl victory in AT AP Top 10 ranking in 2015. It also included several vacated wins and being fired, but hey, <laughs> that's only part of the deal, right? Um, it says the contract is fully guaranteed on Liberty's end, but sources indicate the buyout would not be prohibitive should a Power 5 program come after Freeze. Okay, so, and I guess you asked this question, but I'm going to steal it from you, maybe. What does this mean? Uh, I don't know. That that was my my thought was, does this mean Auburn's not going to come after freeze? Does this mean that, you know, is this Liberty just giving, giving Hugh Freeze a, a, you know, a pat on the back? Hey, we appreciate you. And or, you, know, or, you got or a job here if nowhere else. You know, I don't know. Or will this lead to Hugh Freeze pulling an LBJ? I will not seek nor will I accept the position of head football coach at Auburn University. I mean, I don't – if the buyout does not prevent Auburn from coming after him, I don't know what this accomplishes. That's right. I, I mean, other than you got a job here if – but was that ever a concern? Well, I mean, I don't know what his contract was up to this point, but what I do think is five million a year would be hard to top if you are Auburn, based on you're still paying Gus Malzahn. You're going to be paying, you're paying Brian Harson. Hmm. Is this even? Hmm. You know. So maybe that's it. And here's the thing: if you can pay him, and you can buy him out. You can have him. Maybe that's what Liberty's saying. But here's the thing: five million a year at Liberty, going into Conference USA, where it's pretty bad right now, and it's only going to get worse because UAB's leaving, and a couple other teams are leaving. It's it's. Look, I wish Jacksonville State was as good as you know some teams that are leaving. They're not, uh, or at least not right now. Perhaps they will be in the future. Five million a year where the expectations are don't lose seven games a year. Be decent. Be okay. Now, they're great right now. They're going to be good for a while. Or Auburn, where the expectation is insane and you're not going to get paid that much more, if more at all. To me, this accomplish what this accomplishes is it ups that annual – number to a number Auburn can't beat given the circumstance. That that makes sense. Because like you said, that <laughs> paying three football coaches is, is going to be a little uncomfortable financially for them. 
Yeah, no question. And uh, especially if none of them can beat Alabama. <laughs> now, Hugh Freeze has done it. He's done it twice in a row, matter of fact. <laughs> Only person to do that. But and, – And I think that's what makes him so the, attractive to Auburn, you know – Hugh Freeze is the only coach to beat Alabama and Saban more than twice in who, in Auburn's mind, is Alabama's biggest rival, us. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, they think that. They, they're not. They, they're not. Right. They think that. They think that. <laughs> yeah. Right. But they also, Alabama doesn't think that, but Auburn thinks but that. But they also fired and are still paying a guy who beat Nick Saban more than anybody else in the history of the SEC. Gus? Gus has more wins over Nick Saban than anybody else in the Southeastern Conference as a head coach. And they fired him. Now, granted, two of those wins were pretty lucky, but they count. They right? still count. Okay. Just make sure. But I don't know that Auburn fans would say, well, would he, count them? Yeah. But, you know, last year, his last year with, you know, all that went into him being fired and it, it just I don't know maybe it, it, is that is that enough to pay three football coaches Brian Harson's got to go <laughs> Brian Harson, Tom Brady they all need to dip that's not the extent of your list either no but like Nobias Wilburn Friend of the show Friend posted the show. that show that that story yesterday about the the red shirt mm-hmm. slash transfer portal conversation, right? And I kind of see Brian Harson's point there. Like, if you're medically okay, I'm not giving you a medical red shirt. Uh, that that seems fair. <laughs> you're medically good to go. Why would I give you a medical red shirt? So you've either got to go into the portal or leave. Or, or hang around and run the risk of me putting you in a ball game. But the flip side of that is, is Harson going to vindictively burn everybody's red shirts? In? Yeah, that was ridiculous. And it is if he does that, Auburn may not be paying three coaches. Because that would seem like a for cause causable a cause event, mm-hmm. and perhaps that's what Auburn's waiting on for him to just do something stupid enough that they can fire him for cause. Because the last that would he, be a win-win situation for Auburn from certainly. their standpoint. And Brian yeah. Harson would be in trouble. Of course, Brian Harson would get a job pretty quick. I think there's three places west of the Mississippi that would hire him pretty fast. Arizona State. Colorado, particularly. And I think Boise State would hire hire him. I know they don't have a job opening, but neither does Auburn. (laughs) Neither does Auburn. There's that. So, I I don't know. But there there are options if you're Brian Harson, no matter what. But you certainly wouldn't mind you know, getting paid if you're going to be fired. Sure, sure. <laughs> Pay me my money. They can have this job tomorrow. 
What, I mean, where do you want me to walk out of and what time? Words to live by. Now, if Auburn gets just drilled tomorrow by Arkansas, and here's here's my question. If Brian Harson has lost the locker room like it appears, do they have any chance at all tomorrow at 11 a.m. against Arkansas? <laughs> I think there's always a chance. Well, it's Jerry's hair for one. But Well, and also, I mean – all of a sudden, how sold are we on Ar- on Arkansas? Yeah, there's that. If KJ Jefferson were at Auburn, they might be a legitimate contender. But I've never seen this before. I've never seen an SEC football game at Auburn with tickets as low as nine dollars. Now. In 2008, 2007, Saban's – Javier Arenas was the punt returner for Alabama. Mm -hmm. I got two tickets, two hot dogs, and two Cokes for 20 bucks um, to an Alabama game from a guy, but I also waited until kickoff. (laughs) I missed kickoff. (laughs) But, I mean – Small price to pay. Yeah, I mean, I, two hot dogs, two cokes, and two tickets and two for twenty tickets. bucks. Heck yeah. yeah, it's a deal. I mean, you can't turn that down. It's an SEC really football can. game. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but nine bucks to get into an Auburn Arkansas game. This just seems like it seems like maybe even the fan base has, and, and that's tough because Auburn people are pretty loyal. They're they're pretty hard to run off. Yeah. So, it's interesting. The other if game, he makes oh. it through the season, surely he doesn't make it past that. Well, the problem is the December signing period, right? It has completely changed the way that – and here's the thing. Again, who's going to fire him? <laughs> and if they do fire him, who's, who's going to hire the next guy? That's – <laughs> That's the biggest question. It's a valid don't, question. You don't have an athletics director. It's, it's a valid that. question. It is. <laughs> and and I don't I don't know why it's not being asked more often. <laughs> Are we the only people asking this question? Well, I mean, Brian Harson is probably asking it. Yeah. <laughs> Who's gonna fire Who's gonna him? Who's gonna fire him? You you what? not what? <laughs> my my, con- my contract does not have your name on it. You you not my boss. <laughs> wow, how's that for armor? I mean, under armor even. Uh, <laughs> oh man, I don't know. That's crazy. Only at Auburn would we be talking about firing a coach without having an AD. <laughs> God. Oh, I love you, Auburn. You are a never-ending source of oh, entertainment. Lord. I mean, can you imagine talk show host down there? Oh, man. The, the, the poor folks down there. I, I wish we still had uh, a contact at the Opelika Auburn News. We wouldn't that. be able to talk to him. <laughs> I hate that. Uh, They'd be too busy. Yeah. I hate that he's in D.C. now, but. Oh man, he, he might could hook us up. He he would he, he'd have he'd have us rolling. This I, Auburn is a never ending source of entertainment, mm. and, and not in the right way. <laughs> not for them anyway. For us, it's great. Uh, the only other game that's not in our pick'em mo is 
Ole Miss and Texas A&M. Uh, Ole Ooh. Miss. Speaking of jumbo jumbo problems, as yeah. somebody said. Texas did you steal that or did you yeah, come up with that? No, I stole it. Some, oh, okay. Somebody on Twitter. I read it on Twitter somewhere. Well, that, that, was, that, that was good. They have a jumbo jumbo problem. There's no doubt there. Uh, 6.30, SEC Network, SEC Network, uh, Saturday night with uh, – who's the play-by-play guy? Tom Hart. Is it, It's Hart and Rodgers. And, and Rodgers and Kublik, yeah. Uh, One-and-a-half point favorite are the Rebels. One-and-a-half? One-and-a-half. Is that it? That feels like a – that feels like something ain't right. One and a half. Something feels wrong here. Big time. So what is it? I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, and Anaya Smith isn't coming back. I mean, what what makes Texas A&M capable? only a one and a half point underdog? Your guess is good as well, mine. It is at College Station, but still. Yeah, and the only road game that Ole Miss has won this year is Vanderbilt. They gave up twenty eight to them, and it what and it was close early. It was. I mean, I think Ole Miss went ahead just before halftime, before finally getting it together and and pulling away in the second half. And AM AM certainly has, you know, better athletes than Vanderbilt. I think Vanderbilt has a better quarterback than anybody on A and M's roster. They probably got two quarterbacks got better than anybody on AM's roster. But I just I don't see how this is a one and a half point game. But who are we and what do we know? That's, that's right. the question that we're asking here. So let's see. Ole Miss won 42 to nothing at Georgia Tech. Now that was before Jeff Collins got fired. Georgia well, Tech it, has played better since then than they at, were at that time. It was time. at Georgia Tech. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the neutral site. Okay. No, no, that was it. I just assumed it was neutral site. That's my bad. Die? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. This doesn't make any sense. It, and and it seems like every single time Vegas doesn't make sense, they're right on the money. <laughs> so you 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 take that however you'd like. Yeah. Enter at your own risk. Exactly. I think. Yeah. Exactly. I'm staying away from that because that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. All right, let's uh, let's take a quick break. I want to get to a short uh, Titan segment, and we'll throw in Walt Series in there as well before we get to our picks. How about that? Stick around here, Main Street Sports today. Tennessee Bone and Joint. We'll be back after this. So, I got a DUI. Mom, Dad. Why didn't you just call some of her a ride? I wasn't thinking ahead. I didn't think I was going to get caught. Yeah, my best friend Tim. Still coming to my bachelor party next month? This DUI cost me 10 grand. So, no. Yeah, you, in the back. Did you know I almost died when you hit me? I didn't think this would affect so many people. You think it was worth it? No, no, no more questions. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. 
Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mo, uh, real quick before we get into the Titans, we talked about this a little bit. I have a rooting interest in the World Series because I'm rooting for David Baker. Dusty Baker, David Baker. Goodness gracious. I guess <laughs> your hat threw me off with the NASCAR or something. <laughs> Dusty Baker. And, you know, I just don't like the Phillies. But, hey, sub-90 win NL East team seem to be the, <laughs> the Houston Astros kryptonite. You know, I, I actually – I've not been able to work up a healthy dislike of the Phillies. Their, their fans are a little bothersome, but nothing like that blue and orange team up north. Yeah. No. I, so, I mean, I don't necessarily have an issue with the Phillies, but I'd really, really, really like to see Dusty Baker get a World Series championship. Uh, absolutely. That's that's where I'm at. I, I'm all in on, on Dusty and wristbands and all, or sweatbands. Sweatbands, toothpicks. Batting gloves, the what, whole, whatever it takes. It, it Dusty's looking like he's going to give himself an at bat at some point. <laughs> you know, he better watch out. Here he comes. Yeah, he had me in my bed and helmet. Will Smith. I got this. Yeah, Will Smith made the roster. Did he? Good for him. One of the, I think maybe the only left-handed reliever in their pen. Well, they they said that there was times that they did not have a lefty in the pen. So I don't know if he got left off. At some point during the postseason, or what? Yeah, he wasn't on the NLCS or ALCS roster. Maybe he decided they might need one against the Phillies. Well, not only will they need one against the Phillies, but you've got a guy with World Series experience, you know, who was perfect in the playoffs last year. It's (laughs) however he did it. I mean, yeah, somehow, which (laughs) seems to be the the word of the season. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, I mean, Good for good for Will and 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 hopefully, well, wouldn't that be something? For Will Smith to win back to back World Series championships with two different teams, <laughs> including the team he, he beat. beat. And yeah. as crappy as you know, he feels like he has been treated. <laughs> I mean, it's it's interesting. It, it there's a lot of you know interest in little. I kind of side stories and backstories and that kind of thing. I had, I had forgotten about Will Smith until you said that. To be honest, I don't know how, but I'm kind of glad. Yeah, you you were trying to put that that that's a blackout memory, right? Well, the the regular season was. Now again, the postseason was. He was nailed. Lights out. Yeah. So, so hopefully Houston gets that Will Smith. This time around as well. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, I, 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 I really, that's, and there's an article, Bob Nightingale of USA Today did an article on him have, you know, being the oldest manager ever to manage in a World Series and he's never won one and that kind of thing. And I don't know, I'd like to think that Dusty Baker doesn't need to win this for validation from a career standpoint, but I think it would be a nice, you know, top, top it, off the top off the resume. It would certainly be a great cherry. Oh yeah. No question. There'd be a great cherry and he deserves it. Yeah. So yeah. He's, he, he deserves it. If nothing else for the way Cincinnati treated him. Mm. 
Well, Cincinnati, the Cubs. Well, he's, but, but he's Cincinnati a, went from, you know, they went from pretty darn good to absolute trash when they fired him. Yeah, they, they've not been good since he left. I um, mean, when the one year that the Braves beat them in 2020 in that weird COVID playoff situation, but that's mm -hmm. it. Like, that's the only time they've made the playoffs since then. Right. And that was just because Trevor Bauer got them there. And who? <laughs> right. Speaking of guys you haven't, you've forgotten about. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Cincinnati kind of, they, they, they're reaping what they sowed there. And Dusty is also reaping what he has sowed over his career. So yeah, congrats to him. And hopefully this, this is the cherry for his career. It would really be cool. Yes, it would. All right. Let's talk a little bit about the Titans because, uh, you know, not, not a whole lot here that I want to get into, but you know, Ryan Tannehill, does he play? Is he not going to play? If he does, you know, do you feel like with the offensive line that the Tennessee Titans have that Malik Willis might be the better option? That's a good question. I mean, clearly his mobility isn't compromised to the degree that Danny Hills is. With the ankle? I mean, again, I, I said – I don't know if I said it on here or if I said it at Nissan Stadium the other day, but I would think if you have to play a game with your backup quarterback as the Tennessee Titans, this might be the one that you'd want to play. That's – you said that yet, either yesterday or the day before, but you're right. I mean – this, but that being said, the tight the Texans have been competitive in just about every game they've played too. And so, I don't know that playing Malik Willis prohibits you from being competitive. No, because your defense is what makes you competitive. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, already you're talking about an offense that accounted for four four field goals in its last outing, and you feel with Tannehill, and you feel pretty good about what you're going to get out of Derrick Henry against the Texans and their defense. So perhaps you just win this one Gene Stalling style? Run the ball, play good defense, win a ball game, go home? Old-style old Titans. I mean, uh, they've won games like this before in, in their history. I mean, it wouldn't be anything new. Absolutely not. No, it wouldn't even be new for the Mike Vrabel era. I mean, we've seen that. So – Perhaps, you know, give Tannehill a week to to heal up. I don't know. <clears throat> what do you think, Justin? Do you, you, you think uh, Willis should play? Or should I, play? I go back and forth with it pretty much throughout the day, every day. Uh, I see a lot of <laughs> – just like just all day long just sitting there thinking, gosh, should Malik Willis play? <laughs> exactly. I, 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 I was a <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I was scrolling on Twitter and I saw that you know they have they're having conversations him, uh, Tannehill and Malik, uh, like one off conversations, and it looks like he's mentoring him, but he said he wouldn't do that. So it's like maybe I don't know, I don't know. It's beautiful when they're talking and they're conversing and stuff. So I, I don't know what I want. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know what should happen, but yeah, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of with you, Mo. If if you're gonna play him in a game, this seems like one that you could get away with it. Yeah, I mean, you. this is a game that 
you know, from the Titans standpoint, obviously this is a game that you want to win. It's an AFC South game. Um, it would be what five straight now if they won that one or. Yes, that's correct. So, and you, you, you don't want to lose that momentum that you've got going, but it might be the best thing for Tannehill to just sit for a week. He looks like kind of like a like a worried mother. Like uh, he's like, I, I can still play. It's like you're limping. Just let him. Just let Malik have it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was interesting. I'm I'm looking for the article here now, and I'm not being able to find it. But a more sensible someone that the Titans might should trade for than. A running back, uh, and I'm I'm trying to find where I where I saw it so I could give proper credit. I think it was Pro Football Focus, Focus, maybe, but yeah, I can't find the article. But um, it was proposed that the Titans might want to check in with the Patriots on offensive lineman Isaiah Wynn. And my initial reaction was the Titans may be a little gun shy about offensive lineman from Georgia named Isaiah. <laughs> Panda. Or is that what was it? <laughs> but no, yeah, we'll t- we'll we won't uh, <laughs> his name was who shall not be mentioned, maybe, but yeah. But um I would think that offensive line is a spot that probably needs more attention for the Titans and running back for sure. Oh, no question. Yeah. Here's the problem. Even if it is against the Texans, Malik Willis goes out there, offense looks great, they score 30 points, and then what? Hmm. Ooh, that's – is that being discussed, do you think? I mean, do you look at it like that? Do you take that approach? What are we creating if – yeah, it, it, it's that's a question to be asked. Quite perplexing. <laughs> it, yeah. Because there will be a large portion of the fan base who will be chanting, you know, Malik Willis's name. And the first time Tannehill screws up, mm, should have played Malik. It'll be over. Yeah. So. Anyway, that's Jerry Jones. That. that makes sense. Jerry Jones would love a old uh, QB versus QV scuffle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, like him, you know, they would absolutely love for us to be trying to figure out what to do with our quarterback situation. So, well, I meant with him and Dak, or him talking about Dak and Cooper, because yeah. yeah, it would take some take some heat off him for a mm-hmm. minute. He would love that. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Barnhart uh, just tweeted, significant news coming out of the Feinbaum show. Jimbo Fisher bailed on standard Friday production meeting with SEC Network talent. Coaches reschedule those meetings, but they don't cancel. So. Somebody feeling some heat? You would think. Man, this is not a good look. That's not a good look at all. Man, I just oh man, that just that that just threw a wrench into my day. Like you, 
I know that it's, it's, you know, you don't want to be dealing with that stuff, but you got to deal with that stuff. That's part yeah. of it. Well, I mean, you're getting paid and in Jimbo Fisher's case, you're getting paid very well to deal with that stuff. And until you're not, you keep dealing with it. And, and oh man, that's that's that that is a tough look for Jimbo Fisher. Hopefully, whatever the the reason is is good. Mm-hmm. I don't think it probably will be, but I hope that it is in his case. Yeah, I mean, you see. Look at you taking the high road over there and giving benefits of doubt and that kind of thing. Uh, I, I'm just hoping because otherwise uh, you, you can't be just skipping out on your duties because then that gives people good reasons. Well, again, you, you hear all these coaches preach accountability. All the time. Until it's time. Hmm. Anyway, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll make our picks from week number nine. We missed last week, unfortunately, so we will. It's probably just as well. One less chance for me to embarrass myself. Yeah, there you go. We'll be right back on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bond Joint. Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Tweet from friend of the show, Jeff Hem. 
former Nashville Sounds catcher Martin Maldonado and hitting coach Gary Pettis will be again part of the Astros World Series run. So there's more reasons to root for the Strokes. Gary Pettis, former. Yeah, yeah. How about yeah. that? How about that? <laughs> we'll take any of the extra help we can yeah. get on rooting oh. for the Strokes. Oh, well, let's get into it, folks. Last week, the system went five and five. <laughs> uh, dropped to 386th in the oh. country oh. from 100 and something, but still in the 99.5% percentile. So we'll take that. So what you're saying is the system works. The system, over a season, the system works. I didn't realize this. There are 48 prizes worth $85,500 that will be given out to winners of this. Um, 48? So, yeah. So, okay. so there's a little incentive involved then. Well, so they do weekly prizes of 250 bucks, um, but three grand prizes. So the top three finishers will get $20,000 each. Three runners up will get $5,000 each. So the top six get a payout. So I'm hoping that maybe in the next few weeks I can make a bit of a comeback here and uh, end up in that top six somewhere. Hmm. But we start in the Big Ten, 11 a.m., and that is the big noon kickoff on Fox. Penn State at home against the number two Ohio State Buckeyes. Penn State is a 14-and-one-half-point underdog at home. Home dogs, Mo. You love them. Do you love to hate them this week? Fourteen and a half at home. Number thirteen in the country, but you just got boat raced on the road. And it's Ohio State. And it's Ohio State. Now you know the the. Who looked pedestrian early against Iowa, but certainly turned it on late. And then certainly there are those that would tell you Ohio State ain't played nobody, Paul. Well, the, and, so. and who would be wrong? Yeah. <laughs> of yeah. those, no one would be wrong. No, they really wouldn't. So I am going to take Ohio State to cover 14 and a half. All right. Justin, are you there? Yes, I would. I'm going to also go uh, Ohio State to cover. I think it's a 14 point game, so I'm going Penn State. Ooh. Really? I, even though it's a, if it were a night game, I would feel much more confident about it. But even at noon, I think I think this one goes the way of the Nittany Lions, at least point spread wise. So I do you think, think the hook is the difference? Huh? I do. I okay. Do. All right, uh, Notre Dame in the Carrier Dome at Syracuse, number 16 in the country, coming off that very close loss to Clemson last week on the road. Notre Dame is the underdog here, but it's only two and a half points. So Syracuse, two and a half at home, which means odds makers think that Notre Dame is the better team by a half point. I think Syracuse covers two and a half. I think Syracuse wins by a touchdown at least. 
I, I just don't. I don't think uh, Syracuse can close. I'm not hopping on the bandwagon. I'm going to go Notre Dame. I'm going to go with the Orange too. I think they they proved to me last week that they're good enough. Well, that was cool. And, I, and I'm I'm not sure how good Notre Dame is. I just don't know. Yeah. That's, that's the problem is that I feel like they could potentially be okay, but they're not – they've certainly worked out some kinks, but they're not back to this level, I don't think. That game also at on ABC at 11 o'clock. At 1 o'clock on ESPN 3. 3. That's right, 3. Okay. Game day. Oh. Southern. At Jackson State, Jackson State a nine and a half point favorite. Jackson State seven and zero on the year. Southern five and two again at Jackson State. Probably going to be fifty k plus there. What's the number again? Nine and a half. This is tough. at home. At home. Prime time in prime time. Even though it's ESPN three, you got to go look for it. Um. And it's one o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think this is at least a ten point win for Jackson State. I'm I'm taking J State. I'm uh, or sorry, you're, you're good. I had been going with you, but I'm with you, Jackson State. I, I was going to echo that sentiment all the way across the board, which means definitely Southern. <laughs> right, the system is is rubbing their hands together. Yeah, the system is yeah in behind the tree. <laughs> right, yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, at 2.30 on CBS, Florida, Georgia, in Jacksonville, the Dogs, 21 and a half. Mm. Ooh, Dogs. 21 and a half. That's a lot I, of points. That is a lot of points, but I, don't, I just don't think I've seen anything out of Florida that makes me think that they can cover it. Yeah. I'm taking Georgia. I'm with him. Uh, I got the Bulldogs as well. I don't know. You know, SEC. A lot of the games come down to the last possession. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go uh, Florida to to get in, get get inside twenty one and a half. Okay. All right, two thirty on Fox. Number nine Oklahoma State at number twenty two Kansas State. Oklahoma State. One and a half point favorites. Ooh, a dog fight. Yeah, I feel like maybe the bloom is a little off Kansas State. It is. I, I feel like Oklahoma State has been consistently good over the course of this season to this point. Um, I'm going with the Cowboys. I too. I believe I am gonna go. I'm not sure if they're number if they're number nine uh good, but they always play teams close and they're scrappy. So and I agree with the K State uh sent the them being overhyped right now. So see, maybe, but here's the thing. The Big Twelve has this weird thing about random losses on the road. I mean, <laughs> Oklahoma losing to Iowa State all those years, just random times you find yourself Losing to a team you have no business losing to. And I think this is it for Oklahoma State. I got Kansas State in this one. Now you're thinking like the system. I like that, it. That's a sound. That's a sound. It's just a weird basis. Thing. This yeah. just seems just, like one just of those. Up weeks. out of nowhere where you look at it and you go, what the heck? Yeah. Right. Can I believe that this does look like one of those. Yeah. 
Yeah. A it 22 being a like nine. So. No. Mm-hmm. Number 20, Cincinnati, six and one. Their only blemish that opening week lost to Arkansas. Go figure. Taking on, well, Mr. Waffle House himself, the fighting Gus Malzons of Central Florida. Central Florida. Is this in Orlando? One and a half point home dogs. So Cincinnati at UCF. Cincinnati at UCF. And the Knights are home dogs. ESPN 230. Knights are one and a half point home dog. Yeah. You know, I don't know how good Cincinnati is. Like you said, their only loss is to Arkansas. These are some close yeah, spreads. Arkansas isn't great. Yeah, they are. But I think Cincinnati covers. I think Cincinnati wins, basically. The line – now, remember, the line that we get is the line from Monday. Mm-hmm. The line has since moved to Cincinnati being a one-point – I'm sorry, UCF being a one-point favorite. Oh, so basically it's moved – Two and a half two points. and a half points toward UCF, which means all the money's going to Cincinnati. Cincinnati. It's okay. I'm going with Cincinnati. What I'm I'm gonna go hold on. You hear me? Hey, go ahead. Talk oh, to me. We can okay, hear you the whole hey, time. There we go. My fault. <laughs> okay, so uh, I'm going to go – I'm going to use your same logic, Chris, on the Oklahoma State, K-State for this one. I think uh, UCF, which it seems like everybody's going with Cincinnati, so um, it's kind of a win-win, you know. Got the underdogs since we're going with the Monday line. I'm going to go UCF for sure. I, too, am going UCF. Of course, this this feels like the kind of game that Gus Malzahn would lose to. So, <laughs> but I mean, if Cincinnati wins 27-26, then you guys win. That's right. Yeah. So, um, Missouri at South Carolina. Missouri four and a half point dogs. South Carolina four and a half point favorites at home against the Tigers. South Carolina's four and a half point favorite. I got South Carolina. You said that so quickly and so confidently, sir. Yeah, it kind of threw me off. (laughs) Missouri beat Vanderbilt by three last week, right? I'm in Missouri. Yeah. Missouri's bad. Yeah, exactly. And South Carolina is, what, 24? What are they right? 25. 25. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I got South Carolina, especially at home. Three o'clock SEC network if you want to catch it. ESPN six o'clock kick. Hold up. Oops, sorry. Who you got? Oh, uh, South Carolina. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I was with you guys. I just forgot to say. Justin. I'm I'm also going to do uh, it's okay. SEC. Well, they're both are, but <laughs> USC. Six o'clock ESPN Kentucky at Tennessee. Tennessee eleven and a half point favorites. Oh, I love that line. I hate this line. Really? Because I want to take Kentucky on it so bad. You don't think Tennessee is going to win this game by at least two touchdowns? I don't. 
if they get one. I told two. you off air. I feel like I feel as nervous about this game as I did about LSU. Now again, I know. And, and you see how LSU better. went. I know Tennessee took care of LSU, but they had a lot of things go their way, like the opening kickoff with the the muff and and everything went their way. I get that. Kentucky's better than LSU. I'm pretty sure Vols, though, get seven points just for walking in the building with all that drip that they're going to have. Hello. That that drip is going to be dripping, too. (laughs) Goodness. Yeah, and and when they walk out with that drip, you don't think that Neyland Stadium crowd is going to go nuts? I mean, there's going to be so much juice in that building. Well, the – the Those who will be, be drowned out. Well, they also will be probably up in the uh, yeah where press you can't box hear anyway. where you can't hear them anyway. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. UT wins this game by at least two touchdowns. Yeah. Book it. I'm agree. Oh, we no pulling off our shirts this week. I'm going same thing. Oh man, I just uh, I hate this line. I hate this line. I hate this line. I'm going to go Tennessee, but I don't feel good about it. <laughs> Just want to be on record. <laughs> there you go. Michigan State at Michigan. Michigan getting 21 and a half points at home. I think there should just be money lines for like high rivalry games. <laughs> you said 21. 21 and a half. And a half. So there's a hook on there's there. There's always a hook. You, yeah, every one of these. Yeah, they all have hooks. Yeah. As well it should be. Yeah. I mean. But 21 and a half is – after what they did to Penn State last week, I have no doubts it's yeah, Michigan. Yeah, and, and Michigan State is not good. Nope. No, they're not. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We've got one game left, uh, and I have – uh, Yep. Justin, yep. Michigan, we assume? Yes, yes. Okay. I have a statistic to throw at you. Did you know? <laughs> this is not a stat of the day. Did you know that there are currently six bowl eligible teams in the Pac-12? There are six teams that already have six wins in the Pac-12. No, I did not. That know. is insane. I did not know. Well, it's insane that I didn't know. Well, we're in week nine. I would have never thought six of those teams have six wins. Well, I mean, it only takes what six and two or six and three. I mean, who you got? You got USC, you got UCLA, you got Utah, Washington. Um, Oregon. Oregon, and that may be it. That may be six. That's fine. Maybe Oregon State. Well, Either way, uh, yeah, we can look up the Pac-12 standings pretty we quick. We can do that. Yeah. Matter of fact, <laughs> technology is uh, a beautiful thing. Yeah, right now, overall, Oregon, USC, Utah, UCLA, Oregon State, and Washington. Oregon State. And Washington State could certainly be there by the end of the month or the by in the next couple of weeks because they've got their their toughest part of their schedule was early. Uh, they've got uh, Stanford next week and Arizona State the week after that. Then they got Arizona and then they finished with Washington. So they still they ought to have seven wins going to that Washington game. But, uh, but yeah, so Stanford three and four. At UCLA, coming off their first loss of the year, number 12 Bruins, 16-and-a-half-point favorites. This is on ESPN at 930, Pac-12 after dark, if that makes your decision any more difficult. <laughs> I think Stanford has already used its magic. 
But it's dark time. I've got UCLA in this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna also go go UCLA in this one to cover. Stanford lost to USC by 13. They lost to Washington on the road by 18. Oregon beat them pretty good. Oregon State by one. They beat Notre Dame by two. They beat Arizona State by one. They've been pretty competitive in almost every game. That being said, and I still don't know how good UCLA is. Good enough to be number 12 in the country, whatever that means. Yeah, well, are they, though? (laughs) I mean, I guess I'm still putting too much weight on that on that South Alabama debacle, but I don't know. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Stanford here. Uh, They lose by less than touchdown to field goal, two touchdowns to field goal. Uh, So I'm I'm going Stanford, but eh, I don't love it either. (laughs) There you have it. Those are our picks. That's it for this week. It's going to be a fantastic weekend. If you follow us, MS underscore sports today, I will have uh, do my best to keep up with Twitter tonight and retweet my tweets, your tweets, and everyone else's tweets from around high school football, college football tomorrow, Titans on Sunday. We'll be back at 2 o'clock with Reaction Monday here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Justin, back in the studio. Thank you so much. I'm Chris Yao. Mo? Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. 